Hi, this is Charlie Gross. Thanks for joining me in this Creativity Podcast Series. This is cast number 24. Today we are blessed to have an article written by the Reverend Dr. Michael R. Wilson for the Donegal Dialogue. Dr. Wilson is the senior pastor of Chestnut Level Presbyterian Church. He's a personal friend of mine and a brilliant thinker. Here's his article titled, Imagination, Metaphor, and Leadership. Adding another worship service, changing the instruments up front, sprucing up the stewardship program and finding the right Sunday school curriculum will not be enough. In the midst of the many, vast, and constantly multiplying anxieties of our age, the call of technical fixes is constant and overwhelming. While many of those techniques are important, we must say consistently and forcefully that they will not be sufficient. Should many of us have the courage and energy it takes to add a Saturday evening worship service? Sure. Do most Presbyterian churches need to grapple with the changes in worship music of the last 30 years? Absolutely. Are Presbyterians, by and large, giving sacrificially and living in ways that will sustain the earth for generations to come? Honestly, no. Do we need to find curriculum that will engage and shape minds that are formed in an age of instant access to immeasurable amounts of information and brains shaped by video games and split-second images on TV? Of course we do. But, will finding the right program to answer these questions and so many other anxieties, such as staffing, membership numbers, youth programs, mission trips, really get at the problems that stalk so many of our congregations, even some of the ones that seem so vibrant? I don't think so. So many of our conversations seem to be getting at how to prop up the world that exists without asking any questions at all about the social world that we have created. I believe that the call to leadership in our age is a call to imagination. Let me emphatically state that what I don't mean by this is a leader in a room imagining what he or she would like everyone to do and then giving orders or suggestions to everyone else. By this, I mean one of the primary tasks of leadership is to to call disciplined attention to the way we have imagined the world in which we live. Charles Taylor describes a social imaginary as the ways people imagine their social existence, how they fit together with others, how things go on between them and their fellows, the expectations that are normally met, and the deeper normative notions and images that underline, underlie those expectations. That's from Modern Social Imaginaries, page 23. We all have expectations of the congregations of which we are a part, the role of the pastor in that congregation, and of the role of a presbytery in our lives. To tinker with staff job descriptions or change committee assignments 
doesn't do us much good until we have discussed the images that we are using about the organizations of which we are a part. Leadership must engage imagination and image, and we are not making headway as leaders until we are discussing with people the images that we are using. We access reality through the metaphors that we use. And we shouldn't be misled into thinking that we can attach other structures, such as adding a contemporary worship service, or declare ourselves to be a certain way, such as we are now a missional church, without attending to the metaphors that we use to describe ourselves. How many times have we used the image of a congregation as a family? In some places, it is so common that we don't even know that we are using it. But family is an image that immediately takes us into a certain imagination of what church is. And while I'm aware that for some, it is a happy image, I had good parents, and for some, it is a painful image, my family is a source of distress and damage. That is not my primary point here. To speak of church as family is to enter a certain narrative of the purpose of our congregation. Does family mean in my life that my needs are taken care of? Then church will take on that same imagination, and we've got enough Christians who believe that the church exists to meet their needs. Does family mean that I found a place that will protect me from the pains of this world? Then the church had better do the same. The task of leadership is to raise awareness of these images and help people discuss them so that they can claim God's goodness in those images and also be formed by other biblical images of God's people. What about our images of pastor? Think of the images of pastor as therapist, coach, teacher, midwife, or CEO. I've seen them all and you probably have as well. What's the imagination behind these images? And is it no wonder that we have such conflict between congregations and pastors and such depth of unhappiness in some pastors when there are an overwhelming number of images of the role of the pastor should do and be? A long, frank conversation among church leadership about the images we use for our pastor and the imagination behind it would be much more fruitful in many places than grumbling about pastoral salaries. And this goes on among sessions, such as we pay him that much for what? And pastors, I can't believe I put up with all this and all I get paid is that. And what of our beloved presbyteries that seem to slip in function and struggle for identity in these strange days? Do we refer to the Presbytery as adjudicatory? What we need to come to grips with is that this is an entire imagination, a socially constructed imagination, and one that Joseph Small talks about brilliantly in The Travail of the Presbytery. Here he notes the changing size of the Presbytery in our own history, from 35 churches in the middle of the 20th century to over 35 churches in 1980. With that, Presbyteries have become program agencies and mission agencies 
and those imaginations have competed with regulatory ideas and corporate images as we have discussed the purpose of a presbytery. Is it no wonder that we are confused about a what a presbytery is to do and how it is to function? When a presbytery has become a mission agency, we should not be surprised that it gets into trouble in the days of individualism and direct global access to mission. And when executive presbyters become church bureaucrats, then we shouldn't be shocked that they become the lightning rod of all the anxieties and anger we feel about the nameless and faceless bureaucracies that manage and mismanage so much of our lives. I believe that our conversation needs to be not just about the purpose of the Presbytery, but about the images and metaphors we are using when we talk about it, because through them we are entering narratives that will shape us and the choices we make. Are we primarily a governing body? If so, how do we speak genuinely about developing community? Because exercising power and living out vows of support can come into conflict. And when they do, our primary imagination will hold sway in our actions and choices. We leaders have incredible power in the images and metaphors that we use. The question will be whether we have the courage to hold up those metaphors in the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ to see whether or not they faithfully give witness to God's glory in this day and age. Well, Dr. Wilson's article ends here. I invite your responses to this article. You can send them via email to cwgross at gmail.com. That's G-M-A-I-L dot com. Until we meet again via podcast, may God give you courage, energy, hope, and creativity to serve Him and one another. Goodbye.